Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. What makes a vibrant, healthy city? There are lots of things, but experts who study trends about why people move to places will increasingly tell you it's those quality of life amenities that don't just exist to serve those with wealth and privilege. It's libraries, parks, quality public schools, public art, and locally sourced fresh food that is accessible to all and helps create a sense of community, belonging, and gives people the outlets and the resources they need to build a better future. With me today to discuss this is Darlene adams Rowland, Executive Director of the Red Stick Farmers Market, which has four weekly locations, the best known of which is the Saturday morning Farmers Market at the downtown Main Street Market near the state capitol. The Red Stick Farmers Market was created in 1996 by the Big River Economic and Agricultural Alliance, a nonprofit organization created that same year that works to support Louisiana's small family farmers and connect the community with fresh, locally grown food. Bretta farmers and vendors come from 14 parishes across South Louisiana. Darlene has been with the Red Stick Farmers Market since 2008, and she took over as executive director in 2021 when its longtime director, Copper Alvarez, retired. Darlene is a native of Mobile, Alabama, with a diverse background in media, nonprofits, and even investment banking. Darlene brings all those talents to the Red Stick Farmers Market in Breda and today to Out to Lunch with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. At the table with me and Darlene is Samantha Morgan, media specialist with The Walls Project, a Baton Rouge-based nonprofit organization that works to break through and tear down the walls that discourage or prevent people from living safe, healthy, and prosperous lives. The Walls Project seeks to do this by focusing on arts, education, and empowerment. It began in 2012 with a focus on public arts programs, specifically murals and installations in disinvested communities. A decade later, it has expanded into so much more with programs like the Futures Fund, the Baton Rouge program that is helping with food access and teaching people about urban farming, the One Baton Rouge Coalition, which aims to dismantle the drivers of poverty, and also a new podcast and the Little Arts Library. Samantha has been with the organization for a year. She also has a background in media. And Samantha, it's a pleasure to have you with us here today. Thanks for making time for Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. Well, Darlene, I'm going to start with you because everybody knows the Red Stick Farmer's Market. It's just a beloved and vital part of this community. Does it continue to grow? I, I didn't even realize y'all were up to four locations. The last I had checked, it was three. I mean, how big is it? How many how many vendors come regularly? How many people do you serve and in all parts of Baton Rouge? 
We do. We, um, we are now in our 26th year. We're approaching um, of serving the Baton Rouge community, and we have our two year-round locations, which, of course, Saturday, everyone knows downtown. Um, and we also have Thursdays behind Pennington on Perkins every Thursday morning. And then as the uh, harvest seasons allow, when the farmers have, you know, enough bounty to supply additional markets, we add two additional locations. Uh, we have a Wednesday location in North Baton Rouge at the Exxon Mobile YMCA. And we also have a Tuesday location at the main library on Goodwood. And we recently switched that to an afternoon market. So it's now from 3 to 6. And that's the first time we've ever had a market outside of the 8 to 12 hours. So, so, so fantastic. And, and any idea how many people come and oh, buy their produce? Sure. So, I mean, we have thousands of people that come on Saturday mornings. We've done counts before um, where we've counted about two, two, three thousand plus uh, visitors that we have, including, you know, local Baton Rougeans. But we've also done different studies, dot surveys on zip codes. We have people come from all over the state that come to the market on Saturday. So it really does draw a really great cross-section of our community. That is so fantastic that y'all have so much reach and, and of course, so much influence. Samantha, tell us about the Walls Project. And I mean, I, I love the, the focus. It's such an interesting and novel idea and what kind of impact it's been having in its decade now. Yeah, so I'll take you through the decade, past decade. So it all started off with one mural. And like most nonprofits, you start with one thing and you end up with a way lot more than you thought you were going to have. Um, so it started off when the founder, Casey Phillips, decided that downtown Baton Rouge really didn't have a lot of artwork, first of all, public artwork, but also there weren't a lot of opportunities for local artists to actually work as artists within Baton Rouge. And he had moved away for a while, like most people had done in Baton Rouge, and decided to come home. And when he came home, he wanted to bring the lessons that he learned to this city. So he started off with a Kickstarter campaign, raised the money to put one mural up in downtown. And from there, we've now had, we just finished our 144th mural. Wow. And yeah. And I had no idea it was that many. It's that many. And this last one was really incredible because we brought together the students from Southern University and from LSU to work together to paint a mural together to celebrate the historic game that just happened. Um, and, so. and the murals stay up permanently and, and are they like on a, on a blighted piece of property, on a vacant piece of property? It, are they all over the city? They're all over the city. We have a lot in downtown because that's where we really started, but we have a lot in North Baton Rouge as well. We have a lot in Mid-City, um, and they're starting to spread throughout the entire city. We do have a lot on blighted properties because we do, um, on MLK Day, We every year we have a big day of service, and we are located at several different properties. So um, those projects will range from small, sometimes it'll be like park benches that they'll uh, paint and decorate, and then other times um, it will be repainting a property that has been abandoned or is blighted and just needs to have a little bit of a facelift so that it, it looks a little better for the yeah. community. Um, but the murals are everything from the big blues mural that you see on the side of the casino downtown to, you know, some small, tiny little thing that you would never even notice. So they range in size and, and impact for sure. That's fantastic. Darlene, tell me how many farmers are at the market and are they calling you up now? I mean, you must have a waiting list of vendors that want to get in. Well, we have a diverse group of vendors. We have, you know, 40 to 60 vendors on any given Saturday. 
um, that's made up of local farmers, food artisans, fishers, ranchers, and um, yes, we do get a lot of calls of people wanting to join the market. Our focus is definitely on making sure we have a good core group of farmers to supply fresh locally grown food and then fill that in with other artisans that really round out the market and make it a great experience for anyone that's coming to shop. I know it's so hard for farmers today to make a living, but the type of vendors that you all have are small and artisanal and local, as you point out. Is something like the Red Stick Farmers Market their main source of income? Does it help supplement? For many, it is. Um, for example, many people that frequent the market are familiar with Mr. Buddy yes. and his peaches and pecans. And, um, you know, recently in a chat with him, he was telling me that sales at Red Stick Farmers Market account for 80% plus of his entire livelihood. And so what that does is that lets him stay on the land. He's in Waterproof, Louisiana, a very rural parish, um, Tinsaw Parish, but he's able to bring that back to his community. And then he, in turn, is one of the biggest employers in his town. So really? people don't often think about the connection back to the rural communities. We're bringing together people here in the heart of the city, right in the shadow of the capital, but then all of those farmers then bring that back to their community. So it's really creating wealth across the whole state. And Baton Rouge is a probably a good location just because of the agriculture along the I-12 corridor, North Shore region, Hammond. And, Absolutely. You know, that we have a lot in that area, Ponchatoula, Hammond area. Um, we even have a new farmers that will be starting here soon at the market from that area. So that's definitely, we're always seeking out people that want to farm, that are interested in agriculture, because the average age of an American farmer is 50 plus and rising. So um, it's mm. definitely something that the children don't always want to continue and so you have to find people that have that passion and that zest to do it and then um, we were looking for opportunities where we can support those people that do want to do that work. Sure. Samantha, let's go back to some of the programs that the Walls Project has because sure. the murals are fascinating but you all also have the Futures Fund, the One Rouge Coalition, yeah. and now some of your new programs that we alluded to earlier. Yeah, and also Baton Roots, which works very closely with <laughs> Yes, my, we'll talk about yeah, that in a minute. And, okay. And so uh, going through each of the programs, Futures Fund was really the first program that came off of after the murals program. And Futures Fund really seeks to give opportunities for our youth to be involved in the creative economy so it teaches photography courses to kids nice. but not only that but it teaches them how to work as a professional photographer and artist so they are mentored by real working professional photographers and they learn not only the actual skills to create the photography work but how to work in the business so they learn the business side of it as well we also have coding classes to go along with that. So the kids are learning how to um, work within computer uh, courses, mm -hmm. and that's giving them a whole different usage skill set to go along with that. It started with graphic design. Wow. So they can work online in the graphic design departments, and they can also now code their own websites to go along with that. So they can use that in their professional work as well. And some of our students have gone on to do some incredible things um, far beyond. We have one student who is literally 
becoming an astrophysicist in school so she can take pictures in outer space like how cool is that that is very cool yeah so the the skills that these kids learn it it's far beyond anything that's just you know oh i can take a pretty picture it teaches them how to uh, work and be part of the business world as well. And the Baton Roots program mm-hmm. sort of intersects with, with what? 1,000 Absolutely. Literally, I think you were talking to one of our uh, program coordinators earlier today. So the Baton Roots program, I, I'm a super fan of because I'm a super garden lover. So I love everything that you do as well. And um, Baton Roots has a community farm out in, off of How, um, out in Howe Park, um, nice. which is an old golf course, if you mm-hmm. remember the Howe Park golf course and they've decommissioned the golf course and so now they've put this community farm in there so anyone can go and literally get their hands dirty and learn how to farm but also they can take any of the produce and that's to really address the um, food desert in the 70805 area and that program is incredible and they're doing some really great work you're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Samantha Morgan of The Walls Project and Darlene adams Rowland of the Red Stick Farmer's Market. Darlene, how has Breta tried to address that need, you know, fill the gap, providing fresh, healthy food to people in food desert areas, primarily North Baton Rouge? Yes, in 2013, we were part of the Challenge for Louisiana, um, Challenge for Healthier Louisiana Blue Cross Blue Shield Coalition grant, and that is where our mobile market came out of, the funding for that. Um, We currently now have our Wednesday seasonal location at the Exxon Mobile YMCA, and that is our effort to bring fresh produce into the food desert area, and we actually... Um, work with Baton Roots and Mitchell at times to feature some of the produce from the farm at this location. So being that farmers do have to farm sometimes (laughs) in the market all the time, um, that location we actually procure the produce from our farmers so that we have a nice cross-section and selection at the market for the community. And have you seen attendance and interest grow over the years or does it sort of tap out, you know, top out, I guess, at a certain level? You know, I think it's all a trial and error and the best way to reach the community. And the YMCA is a great partner, being that there are people already interested in healthy lifestyles there. So we have a good core group, Mm -hmm. and we're continuing conversations with people like Baton Roots, the Walls Project, but also um, the new CAFE Coalition that looks to address food insecurity across Baton Rouge, which has a host of organizations. And so um, we're continuing to keep those conversations open. We've been meeting with cats. We've been meeting with people to try to address what are the barriers for people to get there. Um, So it's definitely an ongoing um, effort on our part to make sure that we can reach as many people as possible. But it's so important to try to reach as many people as possible. And and y'all have some other programs as well, Samantha, that are focused on that, really looking to people in our disinvested communities. Absolutely. So just brought up the cafe coalition and that was born out of the one rouge coalition which started as a result of the pandemic Um, at the beginning of the pandemic we knew we wanted to to provide a space for our nonprofit organizations to basically get together and collaborate on their needs and their 
resources that they're lacking during the pandemic. So it started with these Zoom calls and it has now grown and, and included every Friday over the last almost two years now. Geez, I can't believe it's been so long. Um, and from that, these sub-coalitions have formed to uh, address the nine different drivers of poverty. And uh, so obviously food insecurity is one of those issues. And so that is what the CAFE coalition is, is seeking to address is how can we create uh, a city, a system, uh, infrastructure to end hunger Mm-hmm. You know, because that is a definite issue and it goes along with so many aspects or so many other problems that we have in our society as well. And all of that is something that has been discussed in the podcast. You mentioned that as well. And the podcast, we just finished up the first season earlier this spring and we're about to launch our second season. And we're going to still be talking about some <laughs> of the things that we've talked here yeah. today about because we're going to be talking about farmers in particular. It's all about climate change, the whole season, I, second you know, season. I was going to ask you how that yeah. was impacting your vendors, Darlene, mm-hmm. your farmers, and obviously what, what y'all are seeing too, yeah. Samantha. Well, it's are interesting because, um, you know, another one of our programs is we have the Louisiana Small Farm Survival Fund that was established in t- 2005, right after Katrina and Rita, um, to try to address the devastation from natural disasters, which are tied to climate change and how they affect farmers. And so this provides direct grant money to small farmers in the aftermath of a disaster. We've given out over $400,000 to date for that. Wow. Um, and so what's interesting, though, is people only think of disaster and effects on farmers in a major disaster like a hurricane. What people don't realize is when it just rained for a month straight, that is similarly a cataclysmic event for a farmer because you can lose an entire crop. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of education on our part that we're working to do to, for people to understand where your food comes from, how it's grown, what goes into it. And it's not just a hurricane. It can be a drought. It can be a flood. It can be extreme wind damage. So that's why this fund is really important. It was the first of its kind in the state and it's really been a lifeline uh, to small farmers that otherwise you know, they couldn't wait on the funding that sometimes is two years plus from the government for um, disaster relief. Yeah, we know it takes a while to get the bureaucratic wheels turning. Yeah. Samantha, you said y'all will be focusing on that in season two of the podcast. Yes. I don't know if you've pre-recorded any of it yet, but I you, have. <laughs> and so you're, you're up to speed on this topic. Absolutely. And so the conversation literally just had yesterday about how our farmers are being affected. The big thing is this season of the podcast, we're not talking about climate change in the future. We're talking about climate change, what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking at the impacts of what we're already seeing and how people in Louisiana are already being affected. So our first episode is actually going to be with the scientists. So state uh, climatologist Barry Kime is going to kick things off along with our uh, good friend Josh Eaches over at WBRC, who is oh, the chief meteorologist. And they really break down the what is happening right now. What are we seeing today? And so, like you mentioned, the farmers are severely impacted by this deluge of rain that they've had. And so that's something that Barry really addresses when he 
says that we're seeing more rainfall in a shorter amount of time. So it's the same amount of rainfall, but it's coming down in a shorter amount of time. So that's affecting the farmers, but it's also affecting our city infrastructure as well. So that's why we're having these flooding issues. That's why the city is now having to consider putting in uh, stormwater uh, taxes. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that are going to not only impact us down the road, but are impacting us now. right it's now. Happening. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to look at these particular issues throughout the course of the season. It's a 12-episode season, and it's going to be released on November 1st. Like I said, we're going to start with... Um, we're going to start with the science and throughout the season, we're going to drill down into different topics uh, that affect so many different areas, pretty much everything you can think of. And, and so much going on under the umbrella of the Walls Project yeah. nonprofit. And I know it at Breda also, Darlene, what other new programs are y'all working on right now? Or is it just building up what you already have? And well, it is interesting because most people just know the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. um, some people don't even know it's called the Red Stick Farmer's Market. They <laughs> say, I'm going to the market. Um, so, you know, we're really trying to be intentional now to let people know there's a nonprofit behind the farmer's market that, that is very intentional it's about Breda. creating. That's Breda. That's the Big River Economic and Agricultural Development Alliance. And that's what we're really doing is developing economic opportunities for small family farmers, but at the same time, um, bringing access to fresh, healthy food for our community and leading into kind of what you talked about in the intro, I think is really timely because what we've discovered is what's really important to people as a third piece of that is the sense of place and community that the farmer's market creates. Mm -hmm. And we saw that more than ever throughout COVID and after Ida. So, you know, people, we have so many loyal shoppers that come week in, week out. They're there ready for the ringing of the bell. And for them, it's a real core ritual in their lives. And they're able to meet people. They're able to see old friends, meet neighbors, have breakfast. And so, you know, we're really trying to let people know that what makes a great city is what you said. And this is such an important part of it is having places where people, all people in the city can gather. And it's a real focus of ours to make sure that it's accessible for everyone. So a big project that we worked on this year that we're pretty excited about is um, we worked in partnership with our counterpoints in New Orleans to um, work on an advocacy campaign for a statewide funded SNAP match at farmer's markets. Nice. This is in about 20 states across the country. And um, the American Heart Association funded this work for us to be able to do this. And we're proud to say that we got uh, appropriation for $889,000 passed through the Louisiana legislature with 55 co-authors. Congratulations. Is, that's a, that's this day and age. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, you know, we realized that not all cities have a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. with a 25 year plus history to be able to advocate for these types yeah. of policies. So now it allows any farmer's market and any farmer in Louisiana to um, match purchases with snap cards so really making fresh food more accessible to everyone in our state so win-win we call it good for farmers good for families because not only are we increasing that access to fresh food but that's extra revenue in farmers pockets and just last year that resulted in 50,000 plus extra dollars in farmers pockets and it's important that we help our farmers and get our our needy families fed we also want to make sure that children are learning how to read 
that's the impetus behind the Little Arts Library, another one of your projects? More so than that, actually. We really want to try to make sure that everyone has access to art supplies and, nice. and books. It's expensive to yeah. learn some of the techniques out there. And actually, the Little Art Library came from the One Rouge Coalition as well. So on one of our calls, we were talking about uh, arts equity and arts programs. And Rodina Hart, who is Love her. She absolutely was wonderful. Yes. She uh, mentioned, talked about ways of trying to create opportunities for people to learn about art, some of these techniques that are expensive in art schools. And that's when the idea just came to me. Well, we have all these little free libraries around town. What if we focus one specifically on art books and art supplies? And we had supplies, you know, for kids as young as they can as soon as they can pick up a crayon, we, we, got, the, we got it for them, um, but also for adults as well. So we have all different kinds of supplies. And again, it kind of goes back into the climate change where we have to start thinking about sustainability and by using what we already have. So we want to create an infrastructure to allow people to bring what they don't need anymore and get what they want. Yeah. Yeah, so really it's about creating this sharing economy and creating a place for people to really explore and try new things and expand their creative mindsets. Well, you ladies are so inspirational. Samantha Morgan and Darlene Adams-Roland, this has been such an interesting discussion on such an interesting topic, so much intersectionality between what you all do. And we really just appreciate all of the work that you all are doing with your organizations to make Baton Rouge a better, healthier, safer community for everybody. So thanks for taking time to tell us your stories today on Out to Lunch. Thank, Thank you, you so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Samantha Morgan of The Walls Project and Darlene Adams-Roland of the Red Stick Farmer's Market. We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about the Red Stick Farmer's Market and The Walls Project by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts, and you can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at, at Acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for its Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. 
inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures will allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org and by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.